Colossians chapter 3. I'm going to start reading from verse 14 through to 17. See if you can spot the one another saying this morning. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Morning, everyone. I'll pray before we start. God, our Father, please, as we think about this little section of Colossians, please may the word of Christ dwell in us richly. Amen. Well, I, um, I once heard of a church who had a part of what we just read there in the Bible in their mission statement. Uh, particularly, they had in their mission statement the part about teaching and admonishing one another. You know, here at BPC, our mission statement, we're all for Jesus. But this particular church, their mission statement went like this. Christ we proclaim, admonishing everyone and teaching everyone that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Now, I reckon that's a pretty decent mission statement for a church to have. Here's the thing, though. In this particular church, when they heard those words, teach and admonish, they took it to mean, point out one another's struggles and mistakes and rebuke each other every chance you get. And if you see a problem, make sure to bring it to everybody's attention so we can all deal with it. So people would show up thinking like a referee. They'd be there ready to enforce the rules on each other and hand out yellow cards. Sounds awful, doesn't it? Look, I mention it though because that kind of situation taps into a nervousness you may have about today's one another phrase. Teach and admonish one another. Look, in January we've been thinking about just a few of the dozens of ways that the Bible talks about how we treat one another. A couple of weeks ago, it was the command to bear with one another. Last week, it was love one another. But today, it's teach and admonish one another. And if you hear those words, teach and admonish one another, the way that church that I mentioned hears them, then you might think you would never want to do that. And you would be mortified if anyone did that to you. Sadly, I suspect... The problem was that that church, they had completely missed where this one another instruction fits in, in the overall picture of the way the Bible tells us to treat one another. But what we read just now in Colossians, thankfully makes it very clear where this fits in. And it also makes it very clear for us when is the right time to go about teaching and admonishing? So that's the two parts of our talk today, the where and the when of teaching and admonishing one another. 
Let's have a look at those first, uh, at Colossians chapter 3, verse 14. And I particularly want us to notice the first few words of verse 14 that show us exactly where teaching and admonishing fit in. Chapter 3, verse 14. It says, Above all these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. We haven't quite arrived at the words teaching and admonishing yet, but this reminds us of the context, and the context is love. It's a good moment to pause and remember where we've come from the last couple of weeks. As I said, our first in this little series of talks was about bearing with one another. But bearing with one another came as a package deal with all sorts of other things, things like compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forgiving one another. And Colossians now says, above all of those things, put on love. Because all of those things come under the big umbrella of love. Teaching and admonishing one another also fits under that big umbrella of love. But there's more to it than that because loving one another has an edge to it. Loving one another has a point, it has a purpose. And you'll remember that hopefully from last week when we read about loving one another. Bryson pointed out to us how loving one another, the purpose of our love for one another is to strengthen our faith in Jesus. And that's because, well, that's the purpose of God's love for us. God sent Jesus for our forgiveness and our rescue. And so the direction of our love for one another is the same. It's our growth in trusting Jesus for forgiveness and rescue. By the way, if you're visiting today, if you haven't been to church in a while, uh, if you've jumped in here in the middle of this series of, of talks, this is for you. If you only hear one thing, please hear this. Jesus laid down his life at the cross. And he did that to deal with our sin and make us right with God. That's the point of God's love for us. And the whole Bible story is the story of that love and that rescue. And so look, if you're jumping in in the middle of this series, that's, that's really what I want you to know the most. Everything we're talking about is because of that love. It's in that story of God's love that teaching and admonishing one another fits. Because God's loved us, we intentionally love one another. And we make that love unambiguously centered around the love of Jesus. Teaching and admonishing one another, it's all about thoughtfully helping one another know Jesus. Graciously helping each other obey Jesus. That's where it fits. Out of gospel love for one another, we teach and admonish one another so as to best help each other follow Jesus. And when you understand where it fits like that, I reckon you won't make the mistake that that church I mentioned made, where they were all tearing each other down instead of building each other up. See, when you get where it fits, teaching and admonishing, that's a really vital and wonderful responsibility we have to each other. It's a reassuring blessing to have that happening here. And so Colossians goes on to tell us about three times when we can be doing just that for each other. And the first one is when we speak. When we speak, uh, we use our words to teach and admonish. Have a look at verse 14 again. 
says, above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. Here's the first place where we teach and admonish. We do it with our words as we let the word of Christ dwell in us. The word of Christ is the, the richness, the, the over, overriding flavour of all of our conversations. It dwells in us richly. In, in other words, if we're not teaching and admonishing one another here in our church family, we're going to be a bit like, I reckon, a Coles mud cake. I'm really sorry if you enjoy a mud cake from Coles because they're terrible. They are dry. They only very vaguely taste like chocolate. There is no richness to a Coles mud cake. I want to suggest that we don't want to be like that. We want to be bursting with the flavour of the message of Jesus. We want the gospel to be saturating our conversations. Jesus' grace, his mercy, his rescue, it should be the buzz of everything we do. The words of Jesus are never a stranger here among us. The message of Christ dwells here, it lives here. And as it does, it strengthens us in our faith. Because the words of Jesus, well, that's how we get to know our Heavenly Father, who has rescued us from sin and death and brought us into the kingdom of Christ. And that message should be vividly on display, reverberating through everything we do, dwelling in us richly. And so the, the single most important thing we do here on a Sunday is we speak the words of Christ to each other. And likewise, that's the single most important thing we do at our small groups or when we catch up one-to-one, when we have a coffee, when we have each other over for dinner, call each other up, whatever it might be, the most important thing we do here as a church family is we speak the gospel to each other. Now, don't hear me wrong, I'm not saying that we simply just quote the Bible at each other all the time, um, reminding each other of scripture is great, but it's more than that. Colossians says we do this with all wisdom. Anytime we're having a simple, straightforward conversation, using whatever context and whatever words we have just to point each other to Jesus, to remind each other just how good Jesus is. When we're doing that, we're teaching, we're encouraging, we're letting the word of Christ dwell in us richly. There are so many ways we can immerse ourselves in the message of Christ. Reading the Bible with a friend. Reading the Bible with your kids, if you have kids. Comparing notes on the Bible talk over morning tea. Taking a moment to sit and pray with someone who's going through the ringer. Teaching at Kids for Jesus. Here's one. Look, most of you do this already, but maybe this is the year where you want to commit all in, commit to a small group. Just to give those few hours a week to get to know your small group, encourage them, read the Bible together with them. Because you know what? Each and every one of us who does that makes a huge difference to the word of Christ dwelling among us richly here at Morning Church. 
every chance we have. With our words, we teach and admonish in all wisdom. And, and wisdom, wisdom especially comes into play with admonishing. Uh, admonishing just means warning or correcting or encouraging each other in the right direction. And that might sound a little confrontational. I want to suggest that really it should just be intentional. In that we, we so anxiously want to see each other's faith in the Lord Jesus growing that if we were ever to see anything that might be threatening that growth, we're not going to sit back and ignore that. In all wisdom and with compassion and with kindness and gentleness and love, we're going to, we're going to speak up. We're going to gently teach and admonish and encourage one another towards Jesus. When we speak... We speak to strengthen one another's relationship with Jesus. That's what it means to teach and admonish. But Colossians says we also do it when we sing. Have a look at verse 16 again. It says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Did you see there's two things that happen when we sing? We express our thankfulness to God, but we also teach and admonish one another. In other words, we sing together, and a big part of that is to point each other to the extraordinary joy of belonging to Jesus. And that's because the message of Jesus is so breathtaking. His nailing of our sin to the cross is so humbling. That's something that grabs hold of our hearts. And singing is one of the ways that we engage our hearts with that wonderful saving truth of Jesus. And so when we sing, we are letting the word of Christ dwell in us richly. I'm old enough to remember a time when there really wasn't much good Christian music around. Um, but now there's tons of it. You can get it anywhere. Just get on YouTube, jump on Spotify. So much good Christian music, great gospel lyrics, great production. You can sing in the shower. You can pump it in your car. That's fantastic. But I want to suggest that here, just here amongst us on a Sunday morning, we have something that you can't get on Spotify. Because when we're here, we're singing together. And we're singing for the benefit of each other. When we sing here, we're letting the word of Christ dwell in us richly. So when you do turn up here on a Sunday to sing, make sure you sing loud because we're here singing to serve each other. And it, it doesn't matter if you're an awful singer. This is close to my heart because I'm a terrible singer. It doesn't matter if you're an awful singer. If you're a bad singer, sing loud. Everyone else will sing even louder to drown you out. You'll be doing everyone a wonderful service. We are singing so as to strengthen each other's delight in Jesus. When our musicians play here at church, their big goal is to help you sing. I've heard at least one of our musicians say they can be up here playing and musically everything's going perfectly. But if they look out and see us not singing, their heart sinks. That's why they play, so that we can sing, so as to help cement the wonderful truth of Jesus in our hearts. 
That's why the songs that we sing are carefully chosen to echo precious Bible truth. So the words of Christ will dwell richly among us. When we speak, when we sing, we are teaching and admonishing so as to strengthen one another's relationship with Jesus. But Colossians, having given us those two examples of when we teach and admonish, Colossians then just goes big and says, whatever we do, we do it in the name of Jesus. Have a look at verse 17. It says, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through him. In the name of Jesus, it's a bit like a friend of mine next month is competing for Australia in the World Cross Country Championships. They are going to be running in the name of Australia. I mean, they'll literally have Australia. They've got their, their kit, their uniform, Australian colours, Australia across the front. And that is so that they are clearly identifiable as belonging to Team Australia. Acting in the name of Jesus... It's just being clearly identifiable as belonging to Jesus. And we are clearly identifiable as belonging to Jesus by being like Jesus. Jesus came to be the sacrifice that saves us. So when Colossians says, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, it's saying do everything in a way that points people to that sacrifice. Do everything in a way that helps people trust Jesus' forgiveness. It's saying that we can actually teach and admonish one another, not just with our words, but also with our actions. Just by way of a couple of simple examples, if you were to go and introduce yourself this morning to a newcomer, maybe this morning you would even just go and introduce yourself to someone you've never met, that would be a powerful communication of Jesus' welcome of all people into his family. If you were to spend some of this year getting to know someone here at Morning Church who is significantly older than you or significantly younger than you, that would go a long way to helping them know that they are loved by Jesus because they're loved by people who belong to Jesus. If you were to make a point of setting aside time each week to sacrificially give practical help to your brothers and sisters in Christ, maybe people in your small group, something like that, giving time to be helpful to them, that would go a long way to helping them feel just how Jesus has loved and served them sacrificially. Colossians says, whatever we do, in word and in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, so as to teach and admonish one another. Proclaim Christ's grace. Proclaim his kindness and gentleness with your actions. Now, this last few weeks, we have looked at just three of the many, many ways the Bible talks about how people who belong to Jesus ought to treat one another. Now, I hope that maybe some of the other one another phrases in the New Testament have stood out to you as you've read the Bible for yourself this last couple of weeks. But I also hope that, that these three 
have been somewhat of a helpful overview of the one another statements in the Bible. As people who belong to Jesus, we are part of a family and part of a community that treat one another with a very special honour because we are sons and daughters of King Jesus. And that means we treat each other with compassionate hearts, with kindness, humility, gentleness and patience, bearing with one another, forgiving each other. And above all of these things, we love one another. Intentional, sacrificial, unconditional love. And the purpose of our love for one another. Well, it's found in the purpose of God's love for us. And the purpose of God's love for us is rescuing us through his son. So out of gospel love for one another, we teach and admonish one another so as to strengthen one another's faith in Jesus. I'll pray. God, our Father, thank you so much for the message of Christ uh, who selflessly came to die so that we may know you, who gives us hope and joy. Father, please may the word of Christ dwell in us richly. Father, please may the word of Christ dwell in us so richly that we always are selflessly loving one another pointing each other to Jesus and his death and resurrection. Amen.